Hi, this is Chris David from uh, the Swedish power metal man uh, Majestica, and uh, you are listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone, Sonny back here with another new episode of Interview Under Fire to wrap up season four. Chris David, thank you so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. Happy holidays, first of all. I know this is an, an exciting time of the year for you and the guys over at Majestica with the release of your newest studio album, A Christmas Carol, which comes out December 4th on Nuclear Blast Records. You know, first off, congratulations on all the well-deserved recognition it's been getting so far. You know, power metal and Christmas. There's just no better duo than that, at least in my book. Now, before we get to all that, all the production process and everything that came about with this album, I want to ask a very important question, Chris, all right? It's a very simple question, but I think it's an important one to ask, considering where we are at our lives at this point, late November, you know, how are you? <laughs> you know, how have <laughs> things been for you, you know, and the band as of late? I know you guys did record this album, but how's life in Sweden right now? Uh, yeah, the, well, the, the whole year has been crazy. So it's, I mean, it's been an exciting year with lots of turns and like, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, uh, uh, you, do, you don't barely know what's going to happen tomorrow because everything can change tomorrow as well this year. So, uh, you know, it's interesting times for sure. Um, but in general, in Sweden, you know, where I live in the middle of basically nowhere, I don't really have lots of restrictions. Like the last few weeks, we've had a bit more restrictions now, but otherwise it's been basically the same as always. Yeah. Uh, but with the issue that you can't do shows and you can't travel anywhere. So I've basically been at home all the time. Uh, but otherwise, it's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, you know, uh, being away from the stage a lot as late, Chris, how are you keeping up your, you know, bass playing these days? Is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for your routine-wise lately, if at all? Uh, yeah, I haven't practiced a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you just recorded an album, too. It's that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the, the recording happened so quick, you know, it was because it wasn't really planned. This album wasn't planned. Last year, wow. the, there was no even thoughts about this album, so so it became really quick. And and um, I'm working also as a music teacher, so I I always play right. lots of music. I I still do. I you know I'm teaching every day almost, uh, so I need to play anyway. But I'm maybe I'm not sitting at home playing scales and you know doing all these crazy licks every day at the moment. But otherwise, I I, I still play a lot of music. You know, I, I want to ask about this because I know we talked about, you know, trying to stay in the routine, which is I, I love that you're a music teacher. Um, you know, we have teachers in like my family, you know, my older brother's a teacher, we're all musicians. Uh, but I wanted to ask, you know, nearly a decade you've been like in the industry and you played with bands like Azoria and Fuzz God and Rain Seed, you know. And also, you know, I want to add Majesca in there, even though Majestica is, is new to the catalog for you personally. But Chris, how was the touring life for you personally? Because now you know, you kind of taken like an unseen step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life? Because we're talking, there's food, there's culture, there's fans, you know, there's so many things about the touring life that makes it amazing. What's your biggest takeaway from that now that we're all home? Uh, <laughs> the beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I need no. to get, I need to go grab one, grab a cold one down yeah. there. <laughs> no, you know, I just love. It's, it's so fun when you're on the road and you get to try all these different beers because I really like trying out beers. So it's pretty cool. Uh, but uh, there's, I mean, there's so many things I miss. But the thing is that this year started off uh, so uh, pretty well because I was 
we I had a we had a Japan tour with Majestica in January. Right. And then I went on the road with another band called Athanasia supporting Dragon Force in February. So it was really, really busy. I, I don't think I've ever been that busy in the first two months of the year. So I still had to even if it's been a shit year, I still have you know, done at least 30 shows this year. So it hasn't been that bad, actually. Uh, you know, it's so crazy that you're talking about January and February. Doesn't that feel like it was last week and now we're here we're in November? Yeah, <laughs> and January, January is just two months away from now. It's it's a crazy thing to think about. Which, by the way, you're talking about beer. You haven't been to Texas yet. I know we talked about it before the interview. My listeners, you know, uh, Chris, Shiner Beer is what you need to try when you come to uh, Texas because it's it's uh, crafted in Shiner, Texas, and it's a very okay. it's a very popular one. It was it was it's so it's so uh, you know um, special to like the Texans because I went to Colorado, which is just a couple states up from here. I asked for a Shiner beer, and they're like, "Wait, what? What is that?" You know. So I was like, "Oh, okay." So I guess it's 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 a main thing here in Texas. But yeah, keep that in mind, Shiner beer when you come to Dallas. I'll buy you one. So let's okay. at least plan that going forward, all right? I promise it's going to – Hey, the, a tour. Tell us. Yeah, Tell us. yeah, you have to. You have to. So, Chris, I know you talked about your, um, you know, experience, you know, behind the scenes, you know, uh, and then touring, you know, and you've seen the last eight or nine months. I can't believe we're even at that point, eight or nine months, live streaming. You've seen a lot of bands. You know, we've all seen it. They take what they do on stage and take it up to the screen like we're doing right now. And I, I know Lamb of God did one, Insomnium did one. We actually had Nilo from Insomnium on the show. He talked about his experience on selling virtual tickets to the fans and then doing the pre-recorded show. I know Dark Tranquility did one. We had Michael on the show as well. August Burns Red did one last week. They're doing a Christmas one coming up in, what, December, late December. But I wanted to ask, Chris, you know, with all the experience that you've taken in, with all the artists that you've met, with all the different encounters, the different beers you've tasted even, you know, uh, I wanted to ask, do you think, and this is no right or wrong answer, do you think the quarantine-induced live streaming surge we're seeing right now from all these artists, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward in your eyes? Do you still see bands doing this even after all this is over? Uh, yeah, I do actually. Because um, I think for me, we did a live stream as well in May, and I did. Okay. I mean, it was cool. It, it was cool. But the thing is that I, you're missing all the energy, and it's it's you know it's a really weird feeling to play in front of a camera, and it's not, it's not even close to as fun as to play live for real. And I also think the same with watching live streams. I think it's much you know, um, it's not you don't get the right feeling. But the thing is with it that I really enjoy is that. I mean, you can literally watch bands playing live every weekend, uh, which I yeah. think has been a really cool thing, actually, because I have watched lots of streams while I've been at home, you know. I mean, now my calendar is filled with like, uh, you know, in December, like, OK, this band is going live. This band is going live. This I, I mean, I even went to go see Metallica. They did the live streaming here, here in the States. I don't know if you knew about that in August. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I saw. It. Yeah. Yeah, well, that just I mean, that just made me miss the whole experience even more. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know you you miss the experience a lot, and I really do as well. But I think it's it is pretty cool that you can just be at home and like do whatever you need to do, and then there is a show right away on TV that you can watch that is live actually. <laughs> so you it still has this live element to it. But I mean, 
it's not even close to live uh, music, but I think it's going to live on. I think there's going to be something with this because you can also reach an audience that you maybe never will be able to reach when you are touring. Because I mean, there's lots of bands that is touring just Europe, but they never get to tour in the States or in the, you know, in Asia or in South America or stuff like that. Uh, but with the with the live stream, you can at least show them something. So yeah, you know, and another thing to think about is maybe so far, maybe there have been a lot a lot of bands who were able to reach out to those people who never reached out to before. You know, let's say you know Majestica, for example. If you guys, I mean, you guys are technically not even. I mean, in barely like a year, a couple of years, you know, into existence. Majestica. I mean, Rain Seed's different, but Majestica. And let's say, for example, someone in Australia, you know, never had access to you guys. And now they they saw the live streaming. Oh, okay. This band, this power metal band, they exist. And now, who knows? Working towards the future of a tour or something like that. Like, it, soon, it, it can allow you this, this time in our life. It can allow you to generate an attention that you may have not generated before. If that makes sense? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, pr- that's actually pretty awesome in many ways yeah uh, but i guess the the issue that is here is also the i don't think that i would not watch a band playing live stream shows uh, every month if i knew you know if i i follow the band well, i don't know any bands let's say metallica yeah. for example yeah yeah sure if they live if they live stream the show every month i would not watch these shows i would just watch maybe mm. the first two and then i would i wouldn't care about it but i think there is that's the problem with it. There's like a maximum or maybe two, three shows maximum a year that's going to keep the people interested because it's still not the same thing as live music. And, um, it, you know, it's the same thing that two, three shows a year not going to help people or it's not going to make bands have a kind of a, you know, income that they can make a living out of with two, three shows, yeah. a year, which is going to somehow that's going to be a, a, if it doesn't go back to normal, like it's been that you are touring all the time with all the streaming services taking you know lots of money out of it as well there's not going to be as many bands probably you know there's not going to be as much music that's that can be a negative thing that could happen around this yeah yeah i feel like the creative aspect has to be turned up a notch here because once you're done once you do that live stream you okay what's next you know do we keep doing the same thing or do we like send people stickers or something like that send people beer or whatever it is you know just you gotta think outside the box or something like that um so chris you know we talked about everything from head to toe i want to go ahead and talk about the new album christmas carol i promise it comes out december 4th on nuclear blast records this is you know and it's based off of uh you know um ebenezer scrooge from the Charles Dickens novel, A Christmas Carol, for my listeners who don't know. Now, listening to this album, A Christmas Carol, from A Christmas Story to Ghost of Christmas Past to a majestic Christmas theme, I heard ballads, I heard grooves, it was fast, it was full of power, it was experimental, which is something different for you guys. Every song to me sounded different, each had its own taste. I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to be jamming this the entire holidays. So you guys, you guys took care of me on that part. And you guys still kept that power metal vibe. Was that challenging at all? Trying to keep that Majestica tone in there, even though you guys are technically doing a concept album? Uh, yeah, well, I, I guess a little, but I I think even if you listen back to the About the Sky record, that that is Majestica's thing, really. 
you know, hmm. to, yeah. to to kind of try different things. And a, a record with Majestica is probably always going to be a journey with different elements to it. Because I think, um, I guess, I, I would say this, the other guys in this band, they are really great musicians and all that stuff. So, I, and th that is pretty cool with a Christmas Carol because somehow even this, as you say, it's ballads, it's uh, fast songs, it's uh, very experimental and all that stuff. Somehow we pulled it all off in a good way. I, I think that personally, and I guess that is Majestica's strength somehow, you know? Yeah. And... You know, we've heard of, you know, Twisted Sister. I mentioned August Burns Red and Leonard Skinner. They all have Christmas albums, but uh, listen, Chris, this isn't, you're not, you're not a stranger to this. You're not a stranger to concept albums like this. And you've done what would, with the uh, rain seed called 1912, like a Titanic themed album. You know, how is, how is a Christmas Carol different from that? What stands out to you about the most about this particular production process, as opposed to, you know, for example, like 1912. Uh, well, the, the, what stands out the most, I think is that somehow we, we, we brought in all these recognizable Christmas melodies that you have heard through probably the whole of your life, you know. Yeah, of course. That has been <laughs> for a hundred years. And we brought them into the music and mixed it all together with, you know, our power metal style music. And um, so I think that's been, a, that's been a challenge and it's been different because somehow that was the initial idea of the album to, to have original music, but with the twist of, you know, recognizable Christmas melodies. So I think that was like that was the initial idea before even a Christmas Carol was an idea. Yeah, the song, it's the song idea that was the 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 first idea that we had, and I think that has been the biggest challenge probably to to get all these snippets in there here and there, uh, and all that stuff. You and know the, the cool. Yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, well, so, so there is. I, I mean, you will recognize lots of these melodies, but some of them are Swedish as well so there is a few ones that no one outside of sweden would probably know about oh actually even know that and you know what i heard was that you guys like rented a big house and took 10 days to record uh to create the record in sweden you know what was that experience like you know uh, i mean i know somebody in the band dressed up as santa or maybe you guys all dressed up as santa and watched a lot of movies to get in the mood i mean you guys really you know dedicated it showed dedication to your craft to make this record right yeah because that was the thing we we wanted to have the you know because it was summertime when we recorded it and in sweden you know summertime that's summertime it's sun and the winter time it's snow and it's dark all the time so it's you know you'd never want to think about the winter in summertime in sweden but uh, so we kind of like let's okay how are we going to do this um and we were like oh let's go to a house because the thing was, this was really stressful. We had a very short amount of time to make, to finish up the record, actually. So we decided to go, everyone, to the same house, be there for like 10 days. Uh, it was out in the middle of nowhere in a small village, like with 10 houses. And there is no one in the other houses. So we, we were by ourselves in this little village that is like 200 years old. And uh, we knew when wow. we went there that it's different rooms we, we're gonna record different stuff in different uh, rooms because like this room is perfect for drums this room is perfect for choirs and stuff like that so to get this christmas feeling i brought a christmas tree i brought uh you know all the stuff you have at the swedish christmas uh, fika the, like the saffron buns and all that stuff that we have uh, i also brought uh, santa claus clothing to everyone so we awesome. could be dressed up like that so we did, we were sometimes you know we 
sometimes someone was just Santa Claus and sometimes all of us were Santa Claus and you never knew. <laughs> but to just have that kind of Christmas spirit going to, you know, bring out that little extra sounding feeling Christmas to the album, and, I guess. Yeah, and uh, the mixing and, and you guys did produce it yourselves at uh, at Nygaard, right? At summer of 2020. And this was also mixed and mastered by Jonas Kilgren. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is known for his work with Scar Symmetry and Rob T.A. at Black Lounge Studios. I mean, was there a sense of comfortability in the studio for you, Chris, knowing that Jonas was there? Yeah, well, he was not He was not there at all. Oh, well, just, add, add, adding, got, his, adding his mix to the record. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was because we know him and, and Tommy has worked with him uh, through Sabaton a few times. Uh, okay, and okay. He, you know, so he knew him really well. And I know the records he have produced and mixed, so and they are sounding great. So I had lots of confidence in in that guy, and we knew also that he knew the sound we were looking for, because mm-hmm. a lots of time when you make a record and you you hire someone, maybe they want to add their touch to it, and it doesn't really work with what sound you have in your mind. <laughs> very true. We, very true. But we knew that he was going to bring out what we actually were looking for, so. It felt awesome to know that we can just send all the stuff when it's ready to him and he will, you know, cut it out, you know. So the artwork, I want to talk about the artwork for a second. This It's made by the underground artist Madeline Anderson. And I want to switch that into this question. You know, to what level, Chris, do you like to have a theme for your records? I know, I know there's a theme for this and you've done theme records in the past. But how important are themes to you? Is that more about helping you guys write? Or sound, or is that more for the audience? Because a lot of artists, they don't really care about themes. They just do 10 songs in the studio, and that's it. But I felt like you guys specifically said, you know, you talked about this record being unplanned. But, you know, this is something that you guys can actually stick with. Maybe a formula for future records? Yeah, I, I somehow, I think uh, we might do it, you know, because it, it's been... It's been so long time ago since we did the, the 1912 album, and I was not even with Rainseed at that time because I came on in, in the record after that one. And, okay. You know, so I have never really done a concept album like this before. I've, it's always been, like you say, you go to the studio and you write lyrics about this song is about that and this song is about that. But I kind of think uh, it's pretty cool to work with a concept like this, and I somehow I found it that it's pretty interesting and you can make it interesting for the listeners and the fans with, you know, uh, social media posts co- that is f- like featuring, you know, this part of the, the story. Mm-hmm. And then you can do one that is featuring this part and it kind of has still a connection through it all. Cause otherwise it's just like, Hey, this song is about this. And then you post a picture on, I don't know, something. And then it's something oh, yeah. else. We can kind of connect everything. Uh, so, I think we are probably going to stick on this thing for a while, working around concepts. I think so. Do you see a Christmas Carol as being a snapshot of where you are at a certain time in your life when you look back on it? Uh, not no, maybe I don't know. Not really, but uh, I mean, the idea when when we decided to go on this Christmas thing and. Uh, we wanted it to be something special in a year like this, you know, when it's been. Yeah, of course. And, and we thought like, hey, we want to bring something extra to the fans and to everyone out there because it's been so shit and people maybe not even going to celebrate Christmas to each other. And then, uh, I mean, a Christmas Carol is the perfect story like, probably to to kind of uh, get it all 
together you know no i mean that's well said i mean christmas and metal i've said it earlier in the interview i mean we need it <laughs> and we need majestica's music you know we talked about your you know briefly i mentioned you know your time with the zoria fuzz god uh, you know with, with rain seed and majestica and i know you're a music teacher chris you know have your aspirations as a person or even a band have they changed or evolved since when you first started playing in the industry do you see things differently now Mm, um, I, I, I don't think I see things differently, really. The, well, the only, yeah, no, I, I don't think I see. I, I'm still like, you know, the metal. That's okay. <laughs> that I was when I started playing, and I still, you know, sit around headbang to music as, fast, as soon as I, you know, as long as I have some time over, I, I want to sit at home, drink beer, and headbang and all that stuff. <laughs> so I don't know if it changed me that that much, really. <laughs> I don't think you should. I don't think you should change that outlook at all. Like, like everything you said, like drinking beer, writing music. I mean, being passionate for what you love to do. You know, that's what you've been always doing, and you know. And if you don't see things differently, that's okay. That's a good answer because it shows, again, dedication to your craft. You're building what that foundation with Majestica. You're going to continue on even in the 2021, 2022. It's easy to look back on a record that came out this year and say, oh, this was the pandemic album. You know? So it, it's easy to say that. So, but this also allowed a lot of people, uh, you know, the chance to grow and put new albums out there, you know, and, and make a statement on, on progressing further into their lives. So that's the way I see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always a good answer to hear that now, Chris, you know, I'm running out of time here. I'm going to get you to your next interview, but man, uh, this has been a pleasure. Do you have any like last words? Is there anything you want to mention to the fans? Just, uh, like maybe any future, future live streams you're doing with Majestica going forward? Um, well, we're doing this Christmas calendar that's going to run from uh, December 1st, the 1st of December till the 24th. That's going to be coming out every day, you know, small episodes with, uh, where we are actually playing uh, the story uh, theatrical to the music. And uh, awesome. I know there's been, lots of, uh, we have always been getting lots of questions about releasing, you know, our music, the, just the orchestral parts by itself. And uh, so this calendar actually have uh, lots of episodes that is just orchestral with the vocals to them, uh, which yeah. is pretty cool. Uh, so I, what, it's on all Majestica social media. So please have a look at it because it's pretty cool. If you have seen the video for Ghost of Marley, it, which it I have, this, you were great. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, but so this whole calendar is looking like that video basically. It's only theatrical. It was made on the same stage. It looks like a musical. Uh, but I also want to say that. You know about the whole album thing even if you are not a christmas fan and you're you don't enjoy christmas and you hate christmas music or you're the grinch <laughs> yeah yeah exactly this is pretty cool power metal music as well so listen to it anyway because um, if you like power metal you will probably enjoy it even if you don't like christmas you know yeah and everyone who's listening you know by the record also you know the the you know the bands can't do it without the fans help and the reason why they're able to do what they love to do is because of the help of the fans you know like by i still have a stack of records i'm still buying and that's in the corner of my room you know and i think it's that yeah, much more I important to yeah see hey that's good i think you should keep doing that it shows the support and i think a lot of work has 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 a lot of work goes behind those products and i think it's important to show that appreciation especially if you're a fan of the music it's simple fan of the music support it and you know this can continue on and and everyone is listening 
you know, A Christmas Carol comes out December 4th from Majestica out on Nuclear Blast Records. Chris David, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, man. This has been an amazing experience. And hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you that Shiner beer when you come back to Dallas, and hopefully we can oh, do yeah. that. See you guys do that show, and we can do another interview maybe. Hopefully, you know, we do these in person, of course. But you know, going forward, yeah, would, be awesome. <laughs> would be awesome. In person and a couple of beers, that would yeah. sounds like a great. Yeah, there we go. That, that'd be good. That'd be yeah, that'd be a good way to you know talk about. Oh man, remember the pandemic years, and now we're here, you know, <laughs> at that time. Yeah. But uh, Chris, thank you so much. You know, everyone's listening. Pick up Christmas Carol, December fourth, Nuclear Blast Records. Chris David, thank you again, again. Uh, we'll talk to you next time, man. All right, buddy? Yeah, and uh, thank you very much for having me on the show. And also, you know, the last word, Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to Interview in the Fire podcast. If you guys like what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.